Guardians had a chance to sweep the San Francisco Giants this week. Instead, because of their bullpen, they only won one out of three. At least you can say they're consistent. They've been doing this all year. But maybe that's finally a good thing. We're going to talk about that today on Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show again. Big thank you to each and every one of our everydayers who are joining us. We know it is rough when they're not playing well, when the situation is what it is. So we really do appreciate everyone jumping in. Uh, I saw Bill Stearns, one of our everydayers, was very active in the comments section. Do you want to take a moment and say thank you to today's episode being brought to you by Jace Medical? Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, provide, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.com. Here's, I'm just going to have my quick hot take at the top of this, which is, listen, I'm just going to enjoy baseball while I have baseball. I, I miss it when it's gone so much that I am just going to be happy that I have baseball even when it is what it is. That's fair. That's very fair. I agree because uh, it is September 14th and you're all listening to this and we've got one, we've got less than two weeks of baseball left going in the next week. So yeah, it'll be, we'll miss it when it's gone and we'll have lots to talk about over the off season and going into 2024, considering how bad this went and shouldn't even say how bad it went because it's not like they lost, they're going to lose a hundred games. Like it's not like they had a, a disastrous season that just they felt they're falling short of expectations coming into the year. And like we said, at the beginning of the year expectations are the thief of joy. So we all expected another division title run this year and we didn't get it. So here we are. So just trying to enjoy the last bit of baseball, hoping for young players to play and, and show something. Uh, Manuel Classe pitched fine on Wednesday night, or I'm sorry, Tuesday night guardians got the win. He got the save bounce back from Monday's episode. And then he pitched on Wednesday, and he pitched fine. So got his 40th save of the year. Got his 40th save of the year. You've got I'm some sorry, that was, that, was, that was Tuesday. I'm losing Tuesday was the 40th save. He, didn't, yeah. he just didn't allow a run in a tie game the ninth inning, which was good to see. Two, I mean, two strikeouts, too, right? Which uh, people are going to love me talking over and interrupting you. But that's two strikeouts on down. 15 pitches. Yeah, so it's nice to see that K rate. Up, he's, about. he's been efficient the last two. I mean, he's, he was efficient blowing the save on Monday and he was efficient uh, getting the save Tuesday. And he was efficient in a non-save situation on Wednesday. So he pitched three days in a row. He's pitched six out of eight. Jeff's got too some much. interesting. Yeah, it's too, it is too much for the way this, the way this team is right now. Like that, that's the problem is this team is not obviously not going to the playoffs. They really should be ramping down. Class A's use not ramping it up. It's, it's so silly that we're probably, I mean, I know, look, Tito's trying to win, and the players want to win, and you're not trying to, to I thought give they, in. I thought they gave up. I thought they quit on the team in uh, July. Wasn't that the story people wanted? Yeah, to when they traded Bell and Ahmed. Yeah, they, yeah, quit, they quit. Right. That was what happened. The guys are still trying to win. So, like, I get you want to give your – if the guys go out there and fight and you're winning a game, you want to win when you have a chance, and it's a young team and they need to win. But, man, they really got to be thinking about next year and ramping down Class A's usage and – it's not, you know, it's not like you, you've already got him under contract, so his money can't go up. But I'm sure, although I'm sure he has escalators in his contract by stats, too. I'm sure he's got bonuses for things like 40 saves. But six of eight games is a lot in September when he's already going to, he's going to surpass last year's usage total. And 
You know, we talked about yesterday. Tito overuses relievers, and he could be one of them. But it wasn't Classe's problem on Tuesday and Wednesday why this team blew um, another game. So definitely not his fault. And Wednesday. Right, not his fault either. You know, Eli Morgan had his turn to blow up. Curry, you know, didn't have a great 10th. De Los Santos got himself into some trouble too. It's it's the bipolar bullpen. Everybody has a chance to screw up, and everybody that's an equal opportunity thing, like we've talked about all year. If it's not one guy, it's another, and if it's not one day, it's the next. It's it's a bipolar bullpen. Bullpens do this year to year. Um, here's here's why it's actually a good. I'm gonna say I'm gonna pretend it's a good thing that the bullpen is doing this consistently at this point. I am hoping the fact that everybody is all having their struggles spread out. And it's not just one person, it's multiple people that this will force the guardians to actually address the bullpen in the off season. I don't know how they're going to do it. They don't usually pay for relievers on the market and they shouldn't because it's, it's a, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a bad way to chase. I'm going to say you chase relievers. It's almost, no, a, it's, it's uh, a I'm fool's errand. Free agent I mean, for him look, or signing them is bad. It's bad. Yeah. Look at the last time they did the, they did this with, with actual money. well, Unless you want to count Brian Shaw, which by the way, Brian Shaw is the White Sox closer right now. That's that's fun. He's actually having a decent year by peripheral, so watch him come back to Cleveland next year. Um, everybody's gonna turn the episode up off for me saying that. But the last time the Guardians really went out of their way to sign a free agent reliever that wasn't Brian Shaw was Boone Logan, and that blew up in their face. Um, so they really shouldn't go on the free agent market for reliever, but they should address the bullpen over the offseason. And you know, you and I talk about Kate Smith and Franco Alamon and Tim Heron. We like those guys. But you can only have so many young pitchers in your bullpen. You can't have those three and Stefan and Henches and how inexperienced they are. You need a little more help than that. I don't know how they – it's going to have to be through a trade somehow. Trades are more likely with relievers. But I'm going to pretend that this bullpen being such an issue this year for them, that it's going to actually force the Guardians to go out and address the problem over the offseason because it's a problem. They cannot come into next year – and assume that this bullpen is going to be good enough to win the division, not the way they performed this year. They could be because they were last year, and bullpens are are never the, are usually never the same year to year. So maybe they'll have an absolute reverse next year. But I'm going to pretend it's a good thing they're blowing these games because I, maybe it'll force them to address the bullpen. I, you know, I, I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna strongly disagree. Here we go. We finally get one of these. I don't think you address the bullpen because again, it's been weird and fluky. But as we talked about with Class A, there's things to fix, things to get better. It still isn't the worst, you know, it's not like by most numerical numbers, the worst uh, terrible bullpen. It's actually still a, a good bullpen. And yeah, there's some pieces to upgrade. And I think you just keep moving in the young guys because signing someone is always too expensive. And, you know, you're paying them for past performance and bullpen. The worst place to spend your free agent money is on. Bullpen. I'm not saying bullpen they should pieces. sign a free agent. And if you trade for someone that has been equally as bad over the years, like, you know, we'll see how it works out with the Paul Seawall deal. But like that is, you know, it, people want to talk about Edwin Diaz, but that Edwin Diaz deal looked p- really poor for a few years. And they basically ended up getting one good year, one great year out of him. So I, it, for the same reason that like bullpen pieces are so uh, flammable and are so risky that you're talking about is the reason that I think you stay the course and you don't commit to the bullpen. You you roll with what you got. You maybe even trade away some of those kind of middling pieces if it can get you something. And oh, I you know, do see agree what the that. new guys can be. I, I just think it's going to be too expensive to go out and get those. Uh, for those who are curious, the Emmanuel Class A contract, if he gets to 200 innings pitched or appearances in 2022 through 2026, he gets 500,000, then it goes to a million, then to two. 
by the way, he's he's at about 140 right now. So he's going to get there pretty easily. With, it's will be 24, 25, and 26. He's probably going to get the full two. And that makes his options go up by one to two million. So them sitting there and overplaying him is just going to make him a guy. So instead of being a $10 million club option those last two years, Tito has used him so much, that's going to jump up to 12, which isn't the hugest thing. But until we get new ownership, I mean, $2 million going there is something you can't spend. I mean, every penny counts. So hopefully by the time we're talking 2027, everything will be flipped over fully, but uh, it's just dumb playing, having a pitch in six out of eight days is dumb. This team isn't going anywhere. Don't risk that arm. It's, it's, it's the wrong categorically, the wrong call. Like we've discussed on the show, Eli Morgan has been really poor in the second half, just like a year ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, I understand that there's a lot of guys who need rest. Yeah. Honestly, in that situation, it's like, I think I know Curry lost the game, but Curry should have been the one out there. Like try to get two to three innings out of him. Cause he's a starter. He's your long guy. Have Agreed. him go. Don't, don't pitch, don't pitch class a. And then it, it, you know, the, the other thing is just keep, keep looking at the draft rankings. Cause right now Cleveland would pick 12, you know, who got picked 12th in last year's draft? Matt Shaw. That was Matt Shaw. Was it not? Matt I mean, Shaw. It, it Matt uh, Shaw. You're too late for Cleveland. I know. Hey, but the year it, before was Chase the water. Uh, was no, I think he was like 14, right? Isn't that 14, was the okay, first so time I, ever? First time, first and only time they picked 14. 12 might have been Will Benson, if my memory serves, but mm, that sounds uh, right. But the the bigger point here is there's a it, this is a good deep class. There's a chance that you could listen. Matt Shaw was my number five rated player. I, I was I was very high on him. You can still get a very totally good player. Agree with you on that, by the way, a, and at this point in time, it's like how crazy is it that with as bad as they are, the Washington nationals are currently 10th. They've, they've actually recovered. San Diego is 11th in this. If we're doing a draft, Cleveland 12th. Can uh, Washington pick 10th? Are they yes. allowed to pick 10th? That is, or no, maybe, I'm higher sorry. Than 10th. no, they, they would be, I'm sorry. That's where I got it wrong. They would be tied for fifth, but they're going to pick 10th, but still. So they can't pick any higher than 10th. No. But I mean, okay. the fact that they're not, they'd be tied for fifth uh, right now. It's San Diego and then Pittsburgh. Remember when Pittsburgh was giving out contract extensions after their hot start? Um, oh Lord, yes. Yeah, you know it's 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 kind of comical. Cleveland's had their struggles. Um, we're gonna take our first break. Come back. I crunched a ton of numbers today. Uh, it, it'll be fun. You get to find out. I went through and dug old game logs to find out who has been the most efficient Cleveland closers, and I think you'll be surprised uh, in a moment on today's Locked On Guardians. Maybe the Guardians will target relievers. Maybe they won't. They should make some moves over the offseason for sure because building a championship team is all about getting the right parts to fit. Uh, passion, drive, patience are what brings home the winning trophy. It also keeps your ride or die alive. EV Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. Level up the peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. If you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need or the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Take the day off Thursday, do something fun. The Guardians are off. But Friday, the Guardians are back at home. They are going to host the Texas Rangers this weekend, who will not have Max Scherzer. He is out for the season with a the shoulder, Terrace Major strain. That's a bummer. 
uh, for everybody, but the Guardians will be throwing uh, Lucas Giolito for the third time. We'll see how that goes. The Rangers don't have a starter. You can listen to that game on the SiriusXM app while you're at a high school football game. Just search Guardians on your XM app. All right. Jeff's got some closer numbers, and then I got one thing uh, I saw interesting on Twitter today about uh, one-run games, too. So, Jeff, give us yeah, your uh, your closer numbers. Y- yeah. You showed me that one. Uh, yeah. First, I want to give a shout-out to our everyday Robert Gross underscore JN3NW. He's like... 13 hours ago before this last night after he watches like i think our two most unreliable relievers are sand we said sandler i think he meant sandlin and morgan and uh that's pretty pretty omniscient now so yeah i went through and the annoying thing is before 2001 they don't track blown saves and before 1999 they don't track games finished so if you go and look at like let's say jose mesa on baseball reference it'll say games saved and um you know it'll be perfect they just have perfect so essentially for every pitcher before 1999 i had to go through their game logs and if you go there it does say so it's not the longest dig but i went through and i did every player in the top 11 and why did i go 11 deep it's because i have a, a soft smart spot for steve olin who was like the first closer i paid attention to as a kid the interesting thing is the highest save percentage of any of the well a few things are interesting one emmanuel Classe is now 43 saves away from cody allen he might become the all-time saves leader next season with the way he has gone these last few years. Hopefully he will. Yeah. If things go well next, well, if things don't go well, he might get I mean, 43 this year. So, I mean, Steve, Steve Olin is 11th all time at 48 to give you just a, a, how this kind of works. Mike Jackson, most efficient closer at 89 and a half percent of his opportunities. He converted number two. I did not expect to see Brad hand at 89%, just like three tenths or three hundredths. I said, no, three thousandths behind him. Uh, Cody Allen was also at 89%. Or no, I'm sorry. Bob Wickman was also 89%. The guy everyone said did it the hard way or scared everybody. He had one of the most efficient numbers, huh? Look yeah, at that. Co- Bob Wickman was very underrated in yeah, his career. He really was. And, you know, it's like Cody Allen. And yes, you could probably sit back and be like, what happens if we eliminate that last year where Cody Allen wasn't where his arm had essentially died Born on off, the altar yeah. of Tito's overuse? Yeah, he would. He then goes to the top of the list, but he's fifth. Did not expect Chris Perez at six, Ray Narleski seven. Jose Mesa currently has a higher save percentage than Emmanuel Classe at 84. Even this year is bad. Him, yeah. I mean, he has 11 this year. He has 20 blown saves in his career in Cleveland, 11 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, if, you are, didn't, if you did not listen to yesterday's show, we explain why. Like, we actually, it's one of the few times I can say I feel very confident that we broke down why Class A is struggling this year and how it could be. Fun. And it's not hard to fix it no. either. It's not like it's anything alarming. But yeah, so goes, go back and listen to that because most of you clearly didn't. Yeah. <laughs> the numbers. But what's interesting is after Class A, there is a, so Class A is at 84%. So we're talking like 89 and a half to 84. Like that group is all pretty close in there. And Ray Narlaski was like in the, 50s or 60s either way like he's a different era guy so it's he's in there but then you go joe borowski where he is down at 81 just shy of 81 that sounds so, about more right <laughs> it's, it's a drop. For him. doug jones who's another guy much like cody allen where his final year was ugly and he he has the most blown saves of anyone in franchise history that i saw at 34 number two is cody allen with 23 and, and then you have wow. Steve Owen was the lowest. I saw at 77. Now he also worked as a setup man for a few years before he was the closer, which it's so Cody Allen and, and Mike Jackson, but those count against your, you know, I just took all blown saves. Yeah. I just, took Oh all, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Opportunities when you're sometimes not the closer. So I took all, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't remember Mike Jackson being really good. I was in only in three Same. years and I didn't, Brad hand though, to me is the biggest surprise. Cause it felt like, 
I just remember like Aaron Gleeman calling him a sleeper agent for the twins back. Was that like 2019 when Cleveland basically the, the mirror of this year where they took over first for like a weekend and then hand blew it. It was, he's from Minnesota and he blew a series of games late in July and then they never really recovered. Yeah, he was, well, he wasn't the closer in 2018 because they still had Miller now. And even yeah. though they were both pretty much depleted by that, how short he was here, like they went, they went yeah. out of their way to get him. And then it was, Half of 18, all of 19, and then all of 20, and then he was gone in 21. Um, I mean, he was he was not good in 2020, even though it was a short year. He was bad in the second half of 2019. 2020, he had an ERA under two, I thought, when I looked at the data. He was yeah, like, he didn't right. have the a single were, blown save that year. The numbers were good, but I think everybody saw that he was pretty much done because yeah, no one wanted was him down. He couldn't shoot. Yeah. I, I remember 2019, he was good when the first half, the second half is when he kind of. I, was 20, falling apart 2020 at a uh two he had a 205 era he had a one i know just nobody tip. he nobody believed he was nine. gonna hold up it's just yeah weird. no one believed that was gonna hold up he led the league in saves weirdly he was really good that year yeah he was still on like 89 91 and had mm-hmm. no nobody was singing the curveball okay uh, on the reliever thing just one last note before i get to the one run games in terms of addressing the bullpen next year, I mean, obviously Lopez and more free agents. The only guys I would guarantee spots to next season are Classe, Stefan, and, and Henches. Everybody else, a spot should be up for grabs, whether you find find a way to trade for some young reliever or you have rookies or something, or maybe you maybe you find someone on the scrap heap you believe in, like another De Los Santos. Move on from De Los Santos, find the next De Los Santos before De Los Santos actually hits the wall because, you know, at, at some point that's coming. And But, I mean, those are the only three spots I feel like you should be locked into next year. Whether whether you're trying Cody Morris, whether you give Cade Smith a, a chance to to lock a spot down, leave room for Frank Wallman to push his way up, maybe putting maybe a Gattis, I don't know, Gattis, yeah, Gaddis and Curry in the bullpen. We'll see. But the only three spots I feel really safe, guaranteed for next year. Um, Guardians this year are look. One run, run, one run games are incredibly fluky. They are not something you can say are skill. Now, if you have a good bullpen, yeah, you're going to win a lot of one-run games. That's why the Guardians did it last year. That's why they're not doing it this year because of the bullpen. But as we said, bullpens from year to year are fickle. They're going to get so they this whole group could come back next year and be good. They could just that's the way bullpens sometimes work. They're 24 and 29 now in one-run games because they lost a one. Today was a one-run loss, right? So they're 24 and 29. Mm-hmm. Last year they were 28 and 17. So they played in less one-run games a year ago. But there was a good. Uh, Someone found this on Reddit on Twitter. If you reversed all the decisions of a one-run game to the opposite, so if the Guardians instead, this is before today's game, so they would have been twenty-eight and twenty-four, twenty-four and twenty-eight coming into one-run games today. If they would, if they had gone twenty-eight and twenty-four in one-run games this year, they would be seventy-three and seventy-three before Wednesday's game. So they'd be five hundred. That would still put them seven and a half behind the Twins because the Twins have also lost a lot of one-run games. Um, so. Even though that this that probably says more about the off, offense in the bullpen, but it also says the Twins also had some bad luck. I love looking at the East in this graphic, the AL East. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, the only team, uh, only team that the Rays would run away with, they're not, they would be 95 and 51 if they reversed all the one-run games. Wouldn't he be the division? Wouldn't even be close. And right now, the Orioles are in first place, so it's it's a fluky thing. This number is never going to carry year to year. You're always going to have some good luck in one year, some bad luck in the other. The Guardians are on the end of some bad luck. They were on the end of some good luck a year ago. But, hey, if your bullpen doesn't walk guys, maybe they hold runners because 
What happened in the ninth inning on, on Wednesday? Class A let a runner on. That runner stole second. Luckily, Class A struck out two batters and got out of it. But maybe that maybe that's how the Guardians run. Maybe the Guardians don't add a bullpen, any any bullpen arms of the offseason. Maybe they actually go into spring training and teach their relievers how to hold runners on. Like, I don't know if I again, I don't know if if the philosophy for relievers is it's hey, forget about, forget about the runner, just get the hitter out, which you know is a strategy people do teach. It's it's fine. But in this day and age with the rules, I think you have to change that a little bit. So maybe they address that next year. Maybe that's where my hope lies about this bullpen. Maybe they will address holding runners next year. Um, Jose has looked a little better lately. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Tristan McKenzie's rehab start. And we'll let you know what's coming up on Friday's show here in just a minute. And it is time to talk about our good friends over at Jace Medical. Uh, I went through today and I, I filled out the forms. It was all pretty quick and easy. I talked about last time my issues with uh, sinus infections and how nice it is the ability to have antibiotics on hand uh, to take care of those when they pop up. Because if you're someone like me with a chronic condition, you're now not caught unprepared. You don't have to wait to see the doctor. Uh, you're going to be able to attack that uh, problem, get to the root of it. And, you know, just be smart in what you do. Don't overuse or use a medication. You don't need it. That's just me speaking. But, you know, if you can be responsible, Jace is the perfect person for you. You're going to get five life-saving antibiotics. Super easy to use and sign up for. Go check out Jace for yourself. So save more than $300 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's Jace. J-A-S-E-M-E-D-I-C-A-L dot com. Guardians off on Thursday, but Friday night. If you're not at the game and you're at a high school football game, take your headphones, listen to the game on your SiriusXM app. That game's at 710. You can listen to Lucas Giolito trying to get the Texas Rangers out, who are fighting for a lot right now without without Adolius Garcia, without Max Scherzer. We'll see how that goes. Should be a good test for the Guardians. Listen to that given your serious XM map. Just search Guardians. Um, how about Jose? Another home run today in the first inning off Kyle Harrison. 23rd? Uh, yeah, 23rd home run was off a lefty. He's not done well against lefties this year, but he's hit home runs against Clayton Kershaw, and then there was somebody else after that, and then, then there was the one of Kyle Harrison. Who Kyle Harrison's, you know, he's still breaking he's in a as rook. a rookie but he's a nice he's a nice prospect he's, he's a very he's no good tanner prospect. bybee that's for sure well nobody is there is no there is no rookie pitcher that is tanner bybee this year except for gavin williams except for logan allen but even they don't compare but um he's home run of him which is good coming into wednesday jose had a 133 wrc plus since josh Nino's return back on september 3rd he had a very very bad august as we've noted his bat bip was like 220 or something ridiculously bad um, there was one of the worst months of his career, and, and he had uh, so far. You know, when we talked about last, just to do what everyone loves and interrupt you, but it was the worst you know year of his career, and in, in since what like 2017, 2018, it was one of the bottom three years he's had. It was probably it was probably worse than any of the slumps he had in the end of eighteen, beginning of nineteen, when he was having issues pulling the ball and whatever. Yeah, he hit two hundred seven in the month of August, and it was a seventy three WRC plus. The only reason it was. So high is because he had a uh, he walked more than he struck out. But with the home run today, his WRC plus in September um, is over 100. He's got a seven uh, over an 800 OPS in September. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because Josh Naylor's back since September 3rd when Josh Naylor came back. He's been much better. 
I don't, I, I don't think whatever Jose was doing in August. I mean, again, he had a two. It was a two oh eight bad. So it was really bad. If you look at the, look at the batted ball date in, in August for Jose, he was hitting the ball harder in August than he had hit at any point this season. The only difference was he was hitting more ground balls in August than he had at any point this year and hitting less fly balls. So maybe some bad luck. I don't know. He was walking more and he struck out. I wasn't super concerned, but he wasn't going to stay in that funk forever. I think that the Josh Naylor return makes a big deal though for him. I don't think and, it's a coincidence. And I think it's, you know, I, I do think that helps. I do wonder about health. I don't think I'm alone in that, but it, it, it's also interesting too, because it's, we've really seen Bo Naylor pick up in this time as well. You know, it's not just uh, Jose who's seeming to, to jump. We've seen. Yeah. Uh, Bo had another good day today. I think he had a, he had a hit. He didn't have anything else. He had a hit. He seems to get at least one. He again. played against the lefty. Yeah, That's and he just, you know he continues to impress. I it's early in the school year. I've got planning periods before anyone calls me a bad teacher, and uh, I also have a lunch period. And I give up my lunch and like students come and sit in my room and eat and we chat. Uh, but sometimes they just want to kind of sit and eat, so I have time. And I on top of compiling the saves, uh, I used saves was lunch because uh, that was less work. And then I had to stay after school for an hour and work on paperwork that I had already gotten done because. I'm that type of person. I don't like having things hanging over me. And so what I used that extra time instead of playing on my phone uh, was I made an extra base hit ratio and a weighted extra base hit ratio. Basically, the idea being an extra base hit, seeing how often uh, players on this team are hitting extra base, extra base hits per plate appearance. And then the weighted version is I'm just weighting the value, like how many bases you get with that extra base hit. So just, you know, a, a home run is more valuable to double. A triple is more valuable than any so of So is it Woba? I don't actually know how you make Woba. So it I don't sounds know. a lot like Woba. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's not Woba because my numbers are very different. Um, but I mean, so maybe it's Woba adjacent. You can pull up Woba and see if, if uh, these things would be the same as Woba. Uh, so I, I, I sat here and worked through this. And if, if it's interesting. I did the 18 players on this team that have had over 100 plate appearances this year. Um, the worst should be no surprise that it's Cam Gallagher. And uh, number two, Miles Straw. Number three, Ty Freeman. And then fourth, Stephen Kwan. Uh, those guys just do not hit extra bases. It is that is that is in the weighted version, I should say. Um, Oscar Gonzalez is next on the list, and he would be below Kwan in the non-weighted version. But yeah, it's bad when Oscar Gonzalez is bottom five because his job is extra bases. does Cam Gallagher even have an extra base hit this year? Like, he has real? six doubles. Wow, I'm, I'm very surprised he even has that. If you would have yeah. said zero, I would have believed you. Yep. He has six doubles. Um, but yeah, no, Straw and Gallagher are definitely head and shoulders yeah. below everyone else. Uh, at, the, at the top of this list, Josh Naylor. Again, I don't think that's a surprise. But when you if you just do extra base ratio, it's Jose Ramirez. But if you do the weighted version by two, you know, it, by just, I mean, actually, when you do it originally, it's by what that'd be ten thousandths of a point. Bo Naylor is higher than Jose Ramirez. So, what's your I, weights? Because, like, a home run on Woba is 210 times the homer, and then I triple is like 162 or something. I, I'd have to go look exactly. It's not anywhere like they, they have a specific reason. I don't yeah. have like, I just kind of weighted it kind of more of a general way. This is not that's why this is not a stat that I would share with the world. <laughs> it's for fun for the podcast, but this isn't me trying to go to a, a saber metric conference. 
But I just thought it's interesting that like Bo Naylor is currently ahead of Jose. Again, that's really positive for next year. David Fry is the next guy after the big three. And then you had Josh Bell, who is eerily close to Gabby Arias, just a little bit better. And, you know, I know Gabby had his double today. He still has his ups and downs. I'm going to sneeze. Rough series for him. He he went over for the other night with the Golden Sombrero, and he's faced some lefties in this, this series, and he has not looked great. So still a lot of ups and downs there, I agree. And a lot of people talk about how bad he is against lefties. And, yeah, and you've talked about that a lot. Nobody understands why. Nobody no. understands it. And just, you know, we thought that Josh Naylor couldn't hit lefties until he did. And you kind of have to give guys reps. And I'm coming yeah. along to your point of view on that. But also that was interesting, too, that Will Brennan, uh, who's just ahead of Oscar Gonzalez, did have a higher extra base hit ratio than Gonzalez and Straw. So um, Mike Zanino, you're middle of the pack. Andres Jimenez and Cole Calhoun, uh, very close in the weighted. Cole Calhoun, ninth. Uh, Loriano below Zanino, but ahead of Rosario. Uh, that was it. it was, uh, not enough play to print. Brennan, <laughs> Brennan and Rosario are basically worth it. It was weird that Brennan doesn't have any trip. That was one that stood out to me. But I just thought it was interesting. I, I don't know. Again, it gives me a lot of hope. And maybe you can tell me, like, oh, he'll, you know, we saw what happens. Second year, sophomore slump. But. Bo Naylor is doing something special, and that's part of why I enjoy watching this team right now. Gabby Arias is incredibly frustrating, but there's something. This team needs power. I'm curious to see what he can do. Bo uh, Naylor is a reason to tune in for sure. And, I, and then the, the pitchers. Especially when the young pitchers are throwing to him. Yeah, I mean, you got Ivy, Williams, and Allen thrown to him. And then we might get Beaver McKenzie back for a start. Like, to wrap this up, like, Jose – Jose ending the year on a good note would be very good for next year because then you don't go into next year wondering if he has a great September, like a, a September Jose is capable of, you don't go into next year kind of with questions about where he's at and where where it's going for him. Like we all agree at some point Jose is going to hit a decline and it's, you know, I don't, I, I we'll talk about this in a future episode. I don't think it's going to be like a, a dramatic fall off. At some point he is going to drop off and it could be soon, but you don't have to, do a whole lot of hand wringing over the off season going into April. What kind of Jose Ramirez are we going to get next year? Because if, if let's say he had that bad August and September, let's say he has that. What was it? What did I say? It was, it was a, a 70 WRC plus, whatever it was. It was pretty bad. Yeah, in August. Bad. Let's say he did that in September. Well, then you worry coming into the, into spring training. Okay. What was that a sign of something to come? Like, but if he has a great September, maybe you worry about that a little bit less. And that's also why I think that Bieber and McKenzie are pushing to come back and we'll have a whole offseason conversation on Bieber and what his future holds. McKenzie did have a rehab start on Wednesday night. He went three innings, struck out four, a lot of hit and a run and a walk, got up to 94, threw all of his pitches, looked pretty good. He seemed pretty confident and healthy after the game too. So stands the reason both those guys are going to be making at least one start. He threw 44 pitches. Bieber threw somewhere in the 50s. 50s. So it wouldn't shock me if, the Guardians just decide to say their next outing comes in Cleveland. Maybe they'll both get one more rehab outing. I don't know. But, like, they're both at the point where their next start could be, like, in the 60 or 70 range pitch-wise. And with a 28-man roster with an extra bullpen arm, maybe you just make that in the majors and see what happens. Although, I don't know who goes for them. That's a conversation for maybe tomorrow uh, or another day. But stands the reason those guys will be back soon, and that could be a good thing going into next year because you talk about Bieber, McKenzie, Bidey, Williams, Allen, Quantrill. That's really fun. That has a chance to be a promising rotation, and maybe you trade Quantrill. I don't know. Maybe you trade Bieber. Who knows? But could be a lot of fun. Speaking of tomorrow's show, Jeff, we're finally going to do it. We are finally going to have our manager conversation. There's no game on Thursday. You and I have put together – I've put together a pretty long list. You've got a list of 
I don't know how big your list is, but you have the most interesting name on your list. I will say. Yeah, um, I've got I've got one one main guy that I feel like is a really good candidate. Yeah, and you I'm know, I'm on board with you on that name. So we're going to talk about managers tomorrow. Who could the Guardians go after? We're going to talk about why they could go after him. We're going to talk about what manager, what skills, what they should be looking for, what kind of skills we think are are the Guardians should be bringing over to the organization for a new manager. How this whole thing should play out. We're finally going to have a long conversation about it as long as. We're allowed to have it, but there's no game to talk about tomorrow. So we're finally going to talk about managerial candidates to lead this team next year. I'm excited about that episode. So you should definitely want to tune into that because I think it's going to be interesting, especially the names I'm going to throw out there and the one name Jeff's going to throw out there at the very least. I don't know who else is on your list, Jeff, but uh, I got to have a few surprises that I keep. Yeah, that one name is really good. I've got a couple surprises as well, but um, we've both done our homework on this. So I'm excited to talk about tomorrow. So you should definitely tune in. Uh, I want to thank you all again, all of our everydayers, everyone taking part for joining us and having some fun. Tell a friend. Talking over each other. Uh, Tell them we still exist. Yes. (laughs) It's always a good time, even if the Guardians lose. We are here having fun and trying to inform. But thank you all. And go, go, Guardians, go.